St. Mark in the eighth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Then he, that is Jesus, began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of then the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. I'm fascinated because my sermon's written on the rest of the gospel text. So Lego filled it up quite nicely. It's just super. It really is. A family was headed home from church one Sunday, and they had heard the preacher on this particular piece of gospel. And oldest daughter's about seven, and she turns to dad and says, what was the preacher doing talking about ducks? And he goes, ducks? She said, yeah, a pair of ducks. Well, he thinks for a minute and goes, no, 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 no. That's a paradox. But what she was doing talking about doctors is beyond me. Completely got by him. Completely. AI, by the way, if you check it, has a wonderful definition. I'll leave that to you. The point of the matter is that's exactly what's in front of us. Things that don't make sense. And yet they really do if we take a look at them. The first one's this. If you hold back, it's not going to happen. colleague of mine reminded me of something that happened about 10, 12 years ago. At that point, they had a son in high school, and he was running track. And he was absolutely convinced, this was not Alberta, mind, he was absolutely convinced that he could qualify for provincials. He knew he could beat the 400 time that was set. There was only one problem. He went to a small rural school in Saskatchewan, and the track that they'd laid out was only 300 meters. So he had to figure out how to adjust it. 
day of the race came, he decided to take off gently. This was his decision. He was going to save something for the end. Well, he hadn't realized because he had not experienced the length of the track when he should start to push, when he should start to invest in that little bit of extra. Problem was, when he did start to invest and ran faster and faster and faster, he came in fourth. Now, that wouldn't have been a problem, except, are you ready for this? He didn't meet the provincial standard to go to, to the next meet by six one-hundredths of a second. He held back. And that's what happens when we hold back. Because Jesus says, I want you to go all in, completely all in. On the other hand, that's exactly what happens if we go all in. A friend of ours who got a degree in engineering from Western, so you know where this is coming from, had a problem. His first job, they were supposed to build a new bridge across a small river called the St. Lawrence. Anyway, they're going to put the pylons in, and they're just fine till they're three-quarters of the way across the river. And right where they want to put one of the major pylons, there's a problem. There's this great big object in the road. Now what this is, is this is a full barge. And if you've seen the St. Lawrence barges, you know how big this is. And it's loaded full of cement and wood and all kinds of construction garbage. And it's sunk. It's sunk right into the mud at the bottom of the river. And try as they might. They cannot seem to find a way to get it moved. And then this colleague of ours, this friend of ours, he says, I got one more idea. They said, what? He said, how many barges can we get our hands on? And they said, mm, eight or ten. He said, hook them all up, except the middle two. So they hooked up ten barges. He said, we got to wait for low tide. When low tide came, what happened was they hooked those to the barge in the, that was in the mud. And he says, now we. Tide came in, tide came in, tide came in. It floated. Because of all the other buoyancy on both sides of it, it floated. And then he smiled and he said to the boss, see what happens when we work together? And that's what God's asking us to do. Number three is this. If you put it in, oh, do you get it out in spades? Ten, just over ten years ago, I was amazed that this had happened. Man in Calgary won the lottery. Forty million dollars. Now, I can't get my head around that figure. Forty million bucks. And they kept it quiet for ages that he'd won. Only he and the lottery company knew. And here's the problem. He says, I know exactly what I'm going to do with it. But he didn't want to tell anybody. Because, of course, as soon as he went to the news, not long before Christmas, bingo, 
Oh, he's got everything blowing up. His cell phone's blowing up. His media's blowing up. His Facebook page is blowing up. The whole thing is going nuts. Because, hi, I'm your relative. You don't know who I am, but you see, I'm about a fifth cousin, and hey, I'm in tough shape. Do you know where this is going? I only need 50,000, 100,000, you know, and you to scrape a little my direction, that kind of thing. He said no. What he had was he had a whole set of charities all laid out. Not one penny went to his family. Not one penny went to a new house. Not one penny to a new car. Not one penny to any toys. Not one penny went anywhere else but to charity. Biggest investment was at the sister institution that I know only too well. He invested heavy money in the Tom Baker Center. He put significant millions in there when they really needed some major reconstruction. They named a new wing for him because of that. And he said, I don't need that. And they said, no, we're going to do it anyway. So they did it. But what has happened is the people that have been helped, the folks that have been saved, and he did it because two years before he won the lottery, his wife had died of breast cancer. And she had spent the last two years of her life at the Tom Baker Center in Calgary. My wife used to work there at one point. It's a wonderful facility. This is what happens when we put it in and let the Lord go with it. It turns into so many other things that we have no idea what God is up to. So the only question, my friends, is this. How far in are you and how far in are you willing to go? Because God and Jesus only ask one thing. Just a small detail. I want you. I want you. I want your life. I want your soul. I want everything you've got. I want you in. Take a look during Lent. Amen.